1: Here he is, and I cannot wait to hear his historical and sometimes hysterical stories. Good morning, Doctor History. Good morning,
0: Zeb. How well, are you, my friend? Well, you were right. I kind of had to swim in this morning. It's a lot of rain coming down.
1: Oh my goodness! You know, just please don't let it freeze.
0: Right? Yeah, but you know, it's great. We need the we need it for the farmers. It's yeah, great.
1: but you know, rain and then get cold and snow and, snow on and, and guys view. on crutches
0: can't go anywhere. <laughs> That's
1: true.
0: <laughs> what are we going to talk about well, today? I First of all, I need to make a correction from last week. What did you do? I mispronounced uh, Pocahontas' father's name. You said Pocahontas, didn't you? Pohant- I said Pocahontant. Pohant- Pohantan.
1: Oh, okay. Okay,
0: so I want to thank Mike in Virginia, who uh, went, uh, went to my webpage and made a comment and said that I had mispronounced in Virginia, in Virginia,
1: you made people mad way back well, there. He
0: wasn't too mad. Oh, okay. He just wanted to make sure I knew how to say the word, oh. the name. So I said, uh, so I emailed him back and I said, Mike, would you please call me on my phone, and and tell me how that is pronounced? Okay, what did he say? So he said it's called. Now, Mike, if I don't do this right, let We're me know. In trouble again. <laughs> it, he pronounces it, and I hope I'm doing this right. Pow. Powhatan. 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 I hope that's right, Mike. You have to hey Because there's a Boy Scout <laughs> camp back oh. there that's named Camp Powhatan. Powhatan.
1: Okay, I hope you did say it right. Hope, Would you quit spitting all over my microphone? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: pow, and and, and, and hi out there to some of the other listeners, Lee and Jeff and John and those others that, that send comments. And I,
1: So he really caught you doing an error in yes. Virginia.
0: And I, I appreciate that because well, I, yes. I get comments from listeners. And, and
1: people it, say that they don't listen. My goodness, <laughs> here we're getting critique from Virginia. I know, it's great. Powhatan. It. Every time I say pow, I get liquid on Powell my microphone here
0: but you know one thing i wanted to point out zeb we've been doing this for about 10 years Do At you realize least. that that's been over 500 shows that we've we done I, that many we've done that many and and it, we're not sick of each other no. Yet. well no not yet i hope oh, okay. not All right. but just another little thought in less than three years my doctor history web page i just checked last night i've had two million ninety thousand hits on my web page, in 150 countries, and that's not counting the subscribers that are on iTunes that uh, are listening to the to the show. And, so, you know,
1: I'm going to take this, and this may sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but that's all the more reason I've told people this is the most listened-to three-hour program in all of this area. Yeah, but
0: it, it's been a fun, fun deal. But so, yeah. and... So, listeners out there, if you have comments, just go to my web page, and I'll answer anytime you have a comment. And or, on
1: behalf of the management that owns this program, me, I apologize to Hatan's family. Me, too. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about a lady that I'm, and I'm going to stick my neck out again, I don't think anybody has ever heard uh, of. here we go. Her name is Nancy Kelsey.
1: An easy name. It is.
0: And okay. so I'm going to just... Put this out there. If you do know more about this lady, send me a comment on my webpage. All right. So, here, well, what is she? Who was I'm, she? That's where we're going to go Seb, okay. right now. Right. So, I'm going to quote a guy by the name of Nicholas Dawson, who was a member of the Bidwell. Bartleson Party of 1841. You're Come. really soaking your microphone <laughs> with those know. P's and those B's. I know. So, so here's what he said. He said, once I remember when I was struggling along, I looked back and saw Mrs. Benjamin Kelsey a little ways behind me with her child in her arms, barefooted, I think, and leading a horse. It was a sight I shall never forget. Coming across the plains. Really? So let's talk about her. 18 years old, Nancy Kelsey became the first white woman to cross the Sierra Nevadas. The teenager made the long trip overland barefoot with a one-year-old baby on her hip. Born in Barron County, Kentucky in 1823, she married a guy by the name of Benjamin L. Kelsey when she was 15. And... You know, back then, they did marry early, yeah, 14, they 15, really, 16.
1: Yeah, they'd yeah. be in jail
0: today. I know it. Yeah. But she had fallen in love with this kind of restless, adventurous spirit of a guy. And from the day the two exchanged vows, she could not imagine her life without him. And at the age of 17, Nancy agreed to follow Benjamin to a strange new land, rumored to be a place where a poor man could prosper. So uh, Nancy, Benjamin, and their daughter, Anne arrived in Spalding Grove, Kansas, just in time to join the first organized group of American sail- settlers traveling to California by land. And barefoot? Yeah, barefoot. She walked the whole way? Yeah. So the train was organized and led by a guy by the name of Bidwell, who was a New York school teacher, and another guy by the name of John Bartleson, and he was kind of a speculator, and he was kind of the the, the leader here. He was the wagon master. Okay. What would, you know, the, the Ward Bond. Yes, he yeah. was the guy that he was, was the telling bond. where to go and when yeah. to stop and one thing another. That's what you do. That's what I do. <laughs> so. Nancy's recollections of some of the other members of the Bidwell Bartleson party and the apprehension she felt about the trip were recorded in the San Francisco Examiner in 1893. So this was years later. Uh-huh. She described what it was like when the wagon train first set out in May, on May 12th of 1841. And here's what she said, quote, A man by the name of Fitzpatrick was our pilot. And we had a priest who with us who was bound for the northwest coast to teach the Flathead Indians. We numbered 33, all told, and I was the only woman. I had a baby to take care of, too. Well, wait a, so that's a minute. What, the happened, scenario. what happened to her husband? No, he's still there. Oh, he's
1: still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay.
0: So, anyway, they left him there. Why May. didn't he buy her a pair of shoes, for Pete's sake? <laughs> you know, I think after so... One thing to keep in mind, Zeb, is the people that headed west... A lot of times they had one set of clothes, maybe two if they were lucky. Yeah. Maybe. So that from the time they started till the end of the trip, they had one set of clothes. But walking over the rocks yeah, and the snakes could, and the oh, bugs and the... Yeah, I couldn't do it. Oh so, goodness. like I said, they left in May... Of 1841, by July, the immigrant party had made it to Fort Laramie, Wyoming. The party experienced little trouble on the first 1,200 miles of the trip, but the difficulties they faced on their travels from Wyoming into California uh, more than made up for that. So, while resting near the Platte River, one of the members of their wagon train was taken captive by Indians. He was later released, but the Indians never stayed too far away from the camp. So here you are going along, and you can see the Indians, you know, over on the hills watching you. Uh uh, Just, uh you know, just, and you, I can't imagine going day by day and looking and seeing that, you know. Are they going to attack us? What yeah. What are we going to do That's here? how
1: I feel. We're real close to Highway 30. we got to <laughs> watch out.
0: I know. Yeah. Well, the Indians' constant presence made the livestock nervous and frightened Nancy and her baby. Benjamin, her husband, recognized that his wife was fearful and he stayed close by her side. And whenever she wanted to turn back, he would urge her on by quoting the notices about California that he had read in the Western Immigration Society paper. They called California, quote, a land of perennial spring and boundless fertility. Well, yeah,
1: but wait a minute. Didn't she realize that if they turned back, the opportunities for being encroached upon by the bad people was a lot easier because they weren't in any other numbers? Right. And,
0: and that was the dilemma that happened yeah. with, and actually happened more than we think, where there was a wagon train of maybe two wagons. Oh, my. Even one wagon. That and doesn't a family. sound smart. No. Uh, and there are stories I've told about, you know... Uh, They'd have been better getting along with Ward Bond and Robert Fuller on wagon trains. Yeah. Well, I, I, one story I told a while back was about a family that uh, they were by themselves. And during the night, this guy came in and stole their horses and left them with no horses. So here is this man with his wife and kids sitting on his wagon out in the middle of nowhere.
1: Mm, that doesn't. That sounds
0: like a Democratic Party. Well, the the guy <laughs> that stole the horses sold them. And after he saw this guy sitting out uh, by himself, he went and re-stole the horses from the guy he'd sold them to, went back and sold them to the guy he had originally stolen the horses from. And You can't make this up. No, I can't. And okay. uh, he, he had a good place in his heart. He, I see. He helped them get on their way. But let's get back to Barefoot Nancy. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Nancy's dreams, daydreams about the life that uh, they would have there sustained her for a time, but eventually her worst fears were realized. By August, the Bidwell partleson party was completely lost. No. They knew they were supposed to be near the Humboldt River, but it was nowhere in sight. Food was scarce, and the animals became too exhausted to pull the wagons. And still, the party pushed west, abandoning their wagons one by one. Oh my. And slaughtering their oxen for food. Oh, no. So, here we are. So, naughty, they carried everything they had on their backs. Well, And that's why the Oregon Trail was littered with uh, cabinets and and pianos and stuff that no longer needed to be carried. So here we are, September 7th, 1841. The Weary Group located the Humboldt River, finally, but then they could not find the road that would lead them from there to the Truckee River. Now, Nancy held her daughter tightly in her arms and desperately tried to shade her from the sun. Her baby was hungry and cried to be fed, but food was again running short. So now we're in October. Okay, the party. Now we're getting close to winter, Zeb. Darn close. And so the party killed the last of their oxen. The weather turned cold, and Nancy longed to go back home. But uh, you know, obviously that was not even a that wasn't a, even a chance. No. no. Uh uh-uh. So the party continued on until they came face to face with several high peaks. Okay. Oh. Later, Nancy recalled the struggle through the jagged mountains that appeared to be, and I'm going to quote her again. Capped with snow, perhaps of a thousand years, we had a difficult time finding a way down the mountains. At one time, I was left alone for nearly half a day, and I was afraid of Indians. I sat all the while with my baby on my lap. It seemed to me, while I was there alone, that the moaning of the winds through the pines was the loneliest sound I had ever heard.
1: Are you talking about possibly going into Reno?
0: Yeah, I'm. Okay. The, yeah, Reno. Yeah, yeah, we're <clears throat> talking in that area over uh, Donner in that over direction. Honor, yeah, well. Nancy was an inspiration to her fellow travelers. Many of them kept journals in which they wrote about her bravery and made mention of the fact that her baby was never sick a day of the trip. Holy and that's wow. a, quite a feat. Now, in 1842, a guy by the name of Joseph Childs, one of the members of the party, wrote about Nancy's courage and strength. And here's what he said, quote, She bore the fatigues of the journey with so much heroism patience and kindness that there still exists a warmth in every heart for the mother and her child wow. so she was an inspiration she would, again she was the only woman zeb
1: she carried that baby barefoot
0: uh, yeah. every day and these men that maybe thought about giving up would see her trugging along why didn't somebody help her i think they all had all they could handle themselves that's the only thing i can think well, of
1: you know you don't say much about the husband no,
0: but he, I, you know, I'm going to say he was a good guy. That's just my imp- impression. Yeah. And he tried to probably help her, and maybe he carried some of the other things that they were trying well, to I take away. I was going to say, how
1: did they, when they abandoned the wagons, yeah. okay, now what would you take? You'd probably take a gun for protection if you had
0: one. A blanket. A blanket. I mean, you can't carry a whole bunch. No, so everything else was left behind. What about food? And they just shot that along the way, their oxen. So, But Nancy Kelsey's pioneer days did not end once she made it over the Sierra Nevadas. She had hoped Benjamin would settle down and build a life for her and their daughter, Anne. But after five months of being in California, he decided to move the, the family to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now, Nancy didn't want to go, but uh, she was dedicated to her husband. You know, she'd kind of had a rough time already, and she didn't really want to pick up and go. But and it, she bought a pair of shoes yet? I don't know yet. Oh. It doesn't tell me. So in 1847, uh, Benjamin and Nancy traveled from Oregon to the Napa Valley, the San Joaquin Plains, and Mendocino. Benjamin left Nancy alone in 1848. To see if there was any truth of the gold rumors. Uh-oh. Okay, now Uh-oh. he he was gone ten days and get this, said, brought back one thousand dollars. That in was 10 a days. lot of money back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Well, the next time he went to the mines, he took a flock of sheep up for mutton and brought back sixteen thousand dollars. That was a lot of money in those days. Sixteen thousand. So he and still no shoes. Well, we I think by now she had maybe several pairs. <laughs> But, you know, he used the money to buy Nancy, and by this time their two daughters, a lake ranch in a town the people had helped build called Kelseyville. Have you heard of Kelseyville? I have. Okay. Really? Yeah. So Nancy was finally living the good life. Her husband had promised her, but it was short-lived. Benjamin sold the lake ranch after a few months and took his family down the Humboldt River to uh, be among the first settlers of Eureka and Arcata. Yeah. Uh, just when Nancy thought they would finally stay put, Benjamin came down with tuberculosis and they were compelled to travel to a drier location for his health.
1: Where did they go down south? Like, uh, Bakersfield or whatever? Yeah. Okay. In
0: 1874, Nancy followed Benjamin back to California. He built her a cabin high up in the mountains uh, in uh, the area around San Diego. Uh huh. And he died in Los Angeles in 1888. Nancy actually died of cancer in 1896. Wow! And her grave in Santa Barbara is marked by a rock, and the simple ins- inscription just reads "Kelsey." That's all. It that's says. it. That's just it. it says and Kelsey. she was buried there. Yeah. Wow. So that's the story. What about, about her descendants, though? Her children? You know, that's what. You know, we've talked about that a lot. I would love to have some listener out there say, "Hey, that's my great grandmother." Or
1: they got to be out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, They've got to be. They had two daughters that, I'm going to guess, probably grew up in California. Why can't you go to the computer and kind of file for a family tree? Uh, You know, I could if I knew how to do more than just push on the... uh, Well, uh, call Mike or call Nick back in Virginia. (laughs) It
1: wasn't Nick. What was it, Mike? Mike. 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 Okay. Mike in Virginia, help us
0: get a family tree on the Kelseys. (laughs) Okay, now I've got another little short story. Do we have time? How am I supposed to say no? Probably three or four minutes. You've got at least six. Okay, well, let's go with this one. This lady is named Nellie Pooler Chapman. Nellie who? Pooler, P-O-O-L-E-R, Chapman. Oh, okay. Okay? here's what she says. Um, uh, Nellie Chapman actually... If you can picture this, okay, she's standing on kind of a, a riser type thing, and she was gazing inside the mouth of a burly, distressed miner, and she shook her head. She would have to remove the tooth that was causing the prospector so much pain. Nellie selected a corkscrew type instrument to begin the process. Oh! She wrapped the tool around the tooth, and with c- considerable. I repeat, considerable effort, wrenched it out of the man's Ah! mouth. (laughs) The relief, he felt, was almost instant. Felt better instantly. Not at the time. No, no, he felt good. Well, Nellie Chapman was the first woman licensed to practice dentistry in the Old West. In her 30-year career, she would care for numerous residents in Nevada County, California, She was born actually in Maine in 1847, and at the age of 13, relocated with her parents to the Gold Country. And there she met and married this guy by the name of Dr. Allen, Chapman, and he was actually a prominent dentist in the area, and the parlor in the home he built for his new bride included a dental office. Okay, so Nellie did not enter the field of dentistry eagerly. She assisted her husband in his work, but was not uh, really that interested in the job as a career. But Uh it wasn't until she had spent years learning about the profession from her husband that she applied for a license and became a full-fledged dentist in 1879.
1: You know, you've got me really shaken. Here. I don't <laughs> I, like that stuff. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't like Dennis at all.
0: She was the first woman to be registered in the field in the Western Territories. And when her husband decided to open an office in Virginia City, Nevada, Nellie chose to remain behind in California and continue working uh, at the practice by herself. And Alan, her husband, had initially established this practice, but he traveled back and forth from his business in Nevada to visit his wife and children and help out in Nevada City. And in his absence, Nellie was the sole dentist between Sacramento and Donner Lake. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of territory. So Dr. Chapman outfitted her thriving practice with a porcelain bowl, a crystal water glasses, uh, the most modern drills, and stuff like, you know, all the stuff they need. The chair her patient sat in was covered in red velvet. Uh, This just wasn't a fly-by-night deal here. Oh, no. So, 1897, Nellie's husband passed away, she continued on with the practice for another nine years, providing care for Northern California residents. Now, Nellie's talents extended well beyond dentistry. She was also a poet. She was a musician. She participated in the local Shakespeare club. She wrote several musical compositions. Uh, In addition to being involved in the civic organizations, she was a mother of two boys, both of whom became dentists. And in 1906, Nellie Chapman passed away. Her sons donated the contents of her practice to the School of Dentistry in San Francisco. And Dr. Chapman was 59 when she died and was buried at the Pioneer Cemetery in Nevada City, California.
1: And on her tombstone is a giant six-foot-by-six-foot six molar. Tooth. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> So those again, are two women, again. I, and again, I'm going to step out and say, I'll bet nobody has heard about it. You know, it. though, we got just
1: a minute or two, but when you think about dentistry, and you and I did a program on dentistry in the Old West quite some time ago, yeah. can you imagine, I don't even like to think about look at my hands are sweating talking about it, <laughs> can you imagine dentistry in the Old West, oh my goodness, they didn't have anything for pain, and it was kind of like sitting in the chair and... And wrench it out of you. Well, let's see. Who
0: was the guy? Uh, I'd have,
1: Doc Holliday.
0: No, no, there was another guy that was having a dentist uh, pull his tooth. That was a bad guy. Oh. Uh, I'd have to think about that. He shot him, didn't yeah, he? Well, no. Uh, the, the the dentist pulled the wrong tooth.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: He pulled the wrong tooth. And so he put the dentist in the chair and started to pull out one of his teeth.
1: Yeah. I'll I mean, to, What's heard fair heard for guy. one is fair for all. Uh, yeah, But, you know, the pain. And when you said she took the tool and yeah. she wrapped it around Somehow. his tooth and, start- and then twisted it out of his mouth. I was laying here <laughs> on the floor while you're telling that.
0: Well, you know, thank goodness. I mean, when I go into the dentist, I want to be dead.
1: I deadened. don't like dentists. I don't if want to If you're listening anything. out there, I don't like dentists. <laughs> I'm scared well, of
0: them. I like them when I'm in pain. Uh, but, well, okay, two ladies
1: we hadn't heard of, but now we have. Yeah, and, and again, thanks
0: to the listeners. And so you listeners are out there, you can find me on iTunes. So yep, just go to yep. iTunes. You can listen while you're driving down the road. There's probably 160 stories on there right yep. now. Yeah,
1: and it's just like Bugs Bunny used to say, Abba da Abba da That's all, folks. That's or, that wasn't Bugs. It was that that said that. Yeah, it was Bugs Bunny, wasn't it? Or it was Porky Pig. Porky Pig. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got that in there. <laughs> Are you going to be here next week? I will be here next week. Okay, now see, I've got you as not being here next week, but you are no, going to be here no, next week. I'll be here week. next week, yeah. Good, we'll look forward to yep. it. What are we going to do? Are we going to talk to Nick in Virginia again about whatever his name was? Mike in Virginia. Mike, Mike. that's it, okay.
0: Sorry, Pow, Mike. Powhatan, Powhatan. That's different than what you said no, the first no, it time. No, no, not Powhatan. Powhatan. A 10. Is that right, Mike? I hope that's right. <laughs> <laughs> i got to run. Hey, listen, thanks a lot. All right. Dr.
1: History right here every Tuesday, and he is such a blessing to have on the program. And we're going to next week talk about uh, Mrs. Kelsey and her tombstone with that big molar. Okay. Doc, take care of yourself.
0: Thanks, Ed. This is the story of the wand.: As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently